aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10 4. Nice tonight. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. The glass slipper is about to fit. Here comes Brett Moffat off turn four for the checkers. I honestly think it's going to be one of the best positions I've ever been in in my career. Christopher Bell wins. You know, the Chili Bowl is the uh, the mecca of motorsports for myself because that's the biggest event that I grew up going to. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our string. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley here with the entire MRN crew. So thankful you have tuned in and are with us for yet another weekly get-together. We've got lots to cover today. We'll talk to reigning 2018 Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion Brett Moffat on his new ride. We're also going to get a preview of the Chili Bowl from Christopher Bell. We're going to talk new rules and changes we'll see on the track with Woody Kane and a whole lot more. First, though, there was some sad news over the weekend that affected the NASCAR community. Joe Gibbs Racing co-founder and team president J.D. Gibbs passed away at the age of 49. The son of coach Joe Gibbs, J.D., was more than just his father's right-hand man. J.D.'s background, uh, just everybody here has probably got maybe kids like this. J.D. gave it everything he had, every experience he ever ever sport he played in 1997 just six years into the team's existence gibbs gave his son the reins naming him team president when we first started jd was the guy that kind of prompted us all hey let's try something in motorsports starts 21st jd gibbs at the mbna chevrolet from there he was instrumental in developing and growing the powerhouse team joe gibbs racing is today tony stewart has clinched the 2002 NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. With Joe Gibbs uh, winning car owners, he gets uh, hugs all the way around. Joe, we're so happy. JD helped expand the organization's single car team into a four car force, winning four Cup Series championships. You know, it's rare that you get to experience something in life like this, and uh, Lord gave us a great day. And two Daytona 500s. By one one hundredth of a second, Denny Hamlin has won the 58th running of the Daytona 500. That was an amazing finish. He's essentially is the reason I got hired at JGR. Uh, he's the one that traveled down to Hickory and watched me run laps in a late model in the middle of winter and told his dad that he thought I was something. Uh, JD was a, such an instrumental part of my early career and 
you know, there's a great picture uh, in, at my parents' house that my mom really, really likes. It's my very first start in Daytona, and it's me and JD sitting on the wall, and my dad is in the background. And it was kind of like the passing of the torch, right? You know, from my dad having to finance my racing career and being my mentor to JD then taking over. So that's a special picture that we have. On behalf of the Motor Racing Network, we want to express our sincere condolences to the Gibbs family and to the many affected by the passing of Joe Gibbs Racing President, J.D. Gibbs. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. And right now, get a great deal on lighting so you can see everything and be prepared for anything when you are on the road. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up next, we're talking Chili Bowl with our AutoZone Driver of the Week, Christopher Bell. Does your check engine light have you stressing? The free AutoZone Fix Finder service will help you find the likely issue, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone, AutoZone. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's Rip the Fence. Join two former voices of USAC, Dylan Welch and Tyler Burnett, on a ride like no other. You can't really tell much stories because I don't want to get anybody in too much trouble. As the two chat with the faces of traditional open-wheel racing. I was four wheels in a fluff and hot laps, and my dad actually after hot laps says, if you do that again, we're parking it. Catch up on prior episodes and get ready for the ride with Rip the Fence. Available for free to download on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the podcast app. Or available on MRN.com. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706, 800-242-1706. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. One of the highlights of the offseason for many drivers is the Chili Bowl. It's a big deal for dirt track drivers and fans, and several NASCAR drivers compete in it every year. Christopher Bell is one of those drivers, but he's also the two-time reigning champion of the race. MRN Steve Post and Tyler Burnett got to talk some Chili Bowl excitement with one C. Bell. Mike, we're a few weeks out from the start of the NASCAR season. Of course, everyone's all excited about Daytona, but the short track world and much of the NASCAR world is focused on Tulsa, Oklahoma. This week, it's the 33rd annual Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals at the uh, Expo Center out there. And the uh, two-time reigning champ, Christopher Bell, joins us. Uh, we're going to be out there as well, Motor Racing Network. Our Rip Defense podcast, Tyler Burnett, co-host of that one. Yeah, it's going to be good. Exactly. Great to go And uh, we do the Wing Nation show, so we're going to be out there doing shows. We'll talk a little bit more about that because 
Right now, we've got the uh, two-time and reigning champ of the Chili Bowl, Christopher Bell in studio with us. Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? We are well. What is there about this week in Tulsa, the Chili Bowl? Why does this matter to you? Well, it matters to me a lot just because I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, the Chili Bowl is the uh, the mecca of motorsports for myself because that's the biggest event that I grew up going to. You know, a lot of dirt track racers, it, it's uh, you grow up going to these marquee events, and mm-hmm. the Chili Bowl, that is my marquee event. So, it, you know, it's the one race that I had circled on my goal list as a kid growing up going to this thing. So uh, to be able to win it twice is something that, you know, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Some of the best dirt open-wheel racers to move on to NASCAR have won the Chili Bowl. Tony Stewart, uh, you know, there's, there's so many other ones. Why is your name being on that list and also being in NASCAR? How is that cool for the NASCAR community to have a Chili Bowl champion, you know, be a NASCAR? Well, I think it, uh, you know, it just promotes both sides of the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, a NASCAR driver going back to the Chili Bowl, right, it helps kind of, uh, I guess, you know, bring a little bit more star power yeah. to the Chili Bowl and, mm-hmm. um, you know, adds diversity because now I'm not a full-time dirt racer that's going back to the Chili Bowl and competing against full-time dirt racers. And, uh, and then on the other side of the fence, I'm a dirt racer now competing in NASCAR. So, you know, hopefully I give the dirt fans somebody to cheer for on Saturday afternoons. And the, the dirt fans, you know, a lot of them will come up and talk to me and, and tell me that they, they cheer for me and they watch NASCAR now because, you know, I'm in it and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like, you know, between or the more crossover you get between dirt and pavement, it just helps bring the fans together, too. Totally agree, and, and, and it is going to be a lot of the NASCAR drivers are going to be out there racing all this week along the way. The week beyond the race, and you've talked about it, why it's so important to you, but the week, uh, I, and I'm, I, I, I'm a rookie. I'm going out there for the first time. It's been on the top of my bucket list for the last number of years, but it's, but it's, but it's a reunion. It's a party. It's a festival of speed. There's some racing involved. Describe what the week is like there in Tulsa. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun, and, and you know I'm I'm more of a race fan, right? Like I, I go to the Chili Bowl because the racing is so good. But me and uh, Tyler were talking there. It's there's so much more attraction than just the racing. Yeah. You know, there's such the you know everybody gets together. The camaraderie's there. You get everybody from all different sorts of forms of motorsports. It's in the middle of January, right? So you <laughs> get to meet up with people that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah. And, you're all under a roof, so it's not like you go to any other racetrack and you have to go find someone, right? Like, they might be in the pit area or they might be in the grandstands, and, you know, you have a little bit of that, but it's all so close and so compact that, you know, you rub shoulders with people all the time. Seabell's not the only NASCAR driver that will be out there. Justin Allgaier, Alex Bowman will be racing. Uh, there's there's so many others. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. But one of the other guys, Kyle Larson, you and you and Larson have a bit of a rivalry going on, especially on the dirt side. He, he races in the Cup Series. Uh, probably not going to get as many Xfinity Series races against him this year, but someday you'll race him in the Cup Series. What's that rivalry like, and and how do fans get to enjoy such a phenomenal show? You know, seeing you guys race. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Uh, Kyle's been the guy that has kind of elevated all of us dirt racers because I think he's he's the most raw, talented driver we've seen and. Uh, maybe ever so it's really cool that I get to race against him and and I kind of followed him up through the ranks we kind of have a similar background of coming up through sprint cars and midgets and he came from outlaw carts and I came from micro sprints but uh, you know once we got into the Keith Hughes Motorsports camp we kind of followed each other right up so he was the one who definitely made the path for me 
and luckily now I get to give him a run for his money. Boy, and you certainly do, and we've been watching, following along. You've been down in New Zealand over the last couple of weeks here as we kicked off 20, uh, 2019, and you two have been going after each other. Why do you, let, let, let's take it a little bit bigger. We understand the Chili Bowl, but you've spent the last two or three weeks, it seems like, I think it is in New Zealand down there, with this brutal NASCAR schedule that it's about to come up, uh, you're going to be busy from from February to the end of November. What is there about going to New Zealand and, and still going to a racetrack that is so appealing to you? Wouldn't you wouldn't you rather just kind of get away from it all, or what is there about that? I I don't know. Ever since I was a kid growing up, racing is all I yeah. all I cared about and all I wanted to do. So, pretty much whenever the NASCAR season ends. My, I turned from a full-time NASCAR driver to a full-time dirt racer. So <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty much from the time November came and Homestead ended, I was off to Turkey Night. And then we had St. Louis, the right. coin, indoor races. And then we just hopped or on a plane and went to New Zealand. So during the off-season, I, I kind of turned into a full-time dirt racer. Is it different because you're not in, face it, NASCAR's your job. NASCAR's big yes. business. NASCAR's point racing. It's getting right. to the playoffs. Right. Is that one of the things that's appealing about about what we do with the midget racing and the short track racing? Is you kind of it's kind of a throwback. You you go in on a Friday afternoon, you race that night, and you go home, and you know, hopefully you get the best result. Is is there that much difference in it? I mean, a little bit, but for me, it's just strictly the enjoyment. Yeah, I just love driving race cars, particularly that kind of race cars, mm-hmm. or you know, smart cars and midgets. So, for me, I love to drive race cars. So whenever. Uh, the NASCAR season's over. The, the next race is months away, so <laughs> yeah. that's you know I'm I would be depressed if I didn't get to race anything in between Homestead and Daytona. So uh, yeah, I just do it for the enjoyment of it. There we go. That's Christopher Bell, Mike, uh, getting ready to defend, maybe become a three-time Chili Bowl champion. The big races this Saturday night: Wing Nation and Rip the Fence. Two of our podcasts here on Motor Racing Network. We're going to be out there Thursday at four Eastern time. Friday at 4 Eastern Time, and Saturday at 6 Eastern Time. We're going to have a big pit party. Going to have all the drivers joining us. We're going to have a good time, so make sure you check us out this week as we are live from the Chili Bowl. So, Mike, a lot of racing action in Tulsa this week, and it won't be long, and we'll all be tipping it off for NASCAR down in Daytona. And we wish our best of luck to Christopher and the rest of the NASCAR contingent and all other drivers on the racetrack there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, this weekend. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Woody Kane walks us through the changes we'll see on track and on the cars this season. And later, we'll hear a preview of our newest podcast. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. There's a new rules package coming to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. NASCAR Today's Woody Kane joins us next to talk about it. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flags waving. I look in my mirror and here's Earnhardt right on my tail and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh no you don't. As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season, 25 Years Later. And Davey was behind me and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. Now. NASCAR Today Midday is your NASCAR source on and off the racetrack throughout the week. It's so uh, so peaceful to get out in nature and just sit in the woods and watch the deer and bird. Um, typically on our runs, there's a lot of conversation for 25 or 30 minutes, and then it gets quiet because you're sucking sucking wind. But on the bike, especially at the racetrack and stuff, they're pretty pretty easy rides. Keep up with your favorite NASCAR stars each weekday on NASCAR Today Midday here on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Always a pleasure to have you with us here on the Motor Racing Network. And it seems that every new season of NASCAR, there are new rules and new aero packages. Very technical, lots of information. So here to discuss all those changes, we bring in host of NASCAR Today, Woody Kane. Welcome aboard, Woody. Wait, something is changing? (laughs) I know, right? I've never heard of such a thing. It's that time of the year yeah, where we're is. gearing up for another racing season, but those teams that are gearing up in those garages, they have a lot of work to do because they will be greeted with a new aero package, not necessarily for speed weeks, but at least the following week when we get to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, they wanted to let them get through Daytona since that will be an opportunity for them to, for lack of a better phrase, use up inventory that they won't be using going forward. They didn't want them to just have to throw cars in the trash can, so they want to go through the Daytona 500 and get through some of that inventory before these changes come in wholesale. But for fans, the easiest way to look at it is it's similar but not exactly like what we saw in the All-Star race last year when the cars stayed bunched up the whole day. Kevin Harvick winds up winning it, so we'll have a big, big spoiler. Uh, one of these cars on the, one of the recent announcements was at the, the Hall of Fame, and you cannot believe how giant this spoiler looks on the back. It's 8 inches tall, 61 inches wide now, a bigger splitter. We've got the tapered spacer now that we're going to instead of a, a restrictor plate that we'll be seeing at, at many of these tracks. Those aero ducts like we saw at uh, at Indy at the Brickyard where they kind of force the air away from the front tires. That will be a big part of it as well. And something that fans can't see but makes a big difference aero-wise under the car, the radiator pan will be changed size and shape-wise underneath the car. But it all comes down to trying to keep the cars bunched together. In fact, Steve Phelps, NASCAR's president, talked about this very issue in his State of the Sport address at the end of last season. The rules package was put in place Um, because we want to have the most competitive racing we can. We believe the 2019 rules package does exactly that. What effect it has on ratings or what effects it has on on other things that are outside of our control, uh, I can't say. I can say that we we do believe that this racing, which today arguably is the best we've ever had, is going to get better. We have a promise to our fans, and that promise is about close, competitive, side by side racing. And we believe that this 2019 rules package will give us exactly that. So you can argue about will it work, will it not work. We haven't seen it yet, but I think you have to give them credit for making the effort to do something. And the interesting thing about this, Woody, is that this is nothing new. It seems like every year we get a new aerodynamic package, and a lot of fans have asked why. Well, if you look at every racing season, 
it seems like that when we get to about the Coca-Cola 600 Memorial Day weekend, Mm -hmm. when we go to Pocono the first weekend in June, a lot of teams have their arms around this, and then you really see the haves and the have-nots. It's not designed specifically to even the playing field, but what it is designed to do is give a little freshen up to the performance of these race cars on the racetrack and, quite frankly, make these teams adjust and go down different paths. But it always seems to, at some point of the year, you have the haves and the have-nots as far as who's been able to figure out the aerodynamic package for this season. They did a test late last year uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Jimmy Johnson, old seven-time, he's got a new crew chief this year. He kind of explains what it feels like to drive this new car. Uh, sure, we're, we're moving along pretty quick. You know, we're running 180 miles an hour probably on the straights or something, but we're used to, you know, 900 horsepower under our foot to accelerate up off the turn. And uh, there's, you can't even feel the, the excel now. I mean, you're just at a high speed, at a uh, high range in the power curve. And if you lift to a half throttle and you put it back down, you, you don't feel the car pick up. And that's, that's a totally different experience for me. So it was kind of windy that day, as you can tell. But the point <laughs> of what Jimmy is saying is the power. So let's talk a little bit about that. Typically, cup cars, even though he said 900, he was exaggerating for effect there. They were around 750, uh, 750 horsepower or so. When we saw the all-star race when they used this package, it was down in the 400 range. So they wanted to give the drivers more throttle response like Jimmy was talking about there. So a big difference from what we saw in the all-star race is the cars will have about 150 more horsepower. And that depends on which track they are. Uh, The new larger spacer is going to generate about 750 horsepower. But we mentioned Atlanta Motor Speedway, that test, and what these teams will be encountering when they return there after the Daytona 500. But basically, Woody, you're going to have some races with 750 horsepower, some races with 550 horsepower, where I guess the equalizer is going to be is where you run those aero ducts and where you don't. I know that I yeah. know that five races will use that smaller spacer, both Poconos, Atlanta, Darlington, and Homestead. So it looks like that's going to be another curveball that the teams are going to have to adjust to. There will be a learning curve like with anything, but you mentioned uh, what Kurt Busch said there. Another guy who is not a big fan of this change is Kyle Busch. Now, one of his reasons is he's always felt like, and he's not alone in this, that the main thing is as much horsepower as you can get, as much throttle response as you can get. Don't punish me for being faster than the other guys. Don't bring me back to the field. Don't grade on the curve. If I have a car good enough to run away, let me do it. I mean, it's kind of going to be like truck racing, I guess. Um, But, you know, truck racing, you have really, really good teams and you have not so good teams and it's very spread out, right? Where in the Cup Series, you're going to have guys that are going to be very, very fast more times than not. And it's going to be a deeper strength uh, through the field. So, obviously, that's going to make it more challenging than being able to go out and win every single truck race. You're going to have times where you're going to struggle for a top 10 possibly so i mean that's ultimately the goal right to see sort of what we saw at the all-star race and granted even though kevin harvick was good all year one of the championship drivers he gets down to the end there and he wins the all-star race it kept everybody bunched up some names we didn't normally see up front were making great runs making great moves a lot of folks have already forgotten that second in the all-star race went to daniel suarez would he appreciate it thank you so much and thank you for what you do and keeping us up to date there on nascar today you bet happy new year Thank you, Woody. We appreciate it. Same back to you. Don't forget, we talk about that Goodyear tire test. Well, there's also another test coming up, and it's January 31st and February 1st. It's at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It is an organizational test. 14 drivers will participate. And, of course, we'll be here to wrap it up for you on NASCAR Today and NASCAR Live. Coming up, we'll hear a little bit of a tease from our newest podcast about the 
25th anniversary of the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. That and more coming up here on NASCAR Live. Race fans, do you have an old car, motorcycle, boat, or RV just taking up space? Put that vehicle to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Your donated vehicle will help kids in our racing communities live happier, healthier lives. Simply call 844-NASCAR-9 and your vehicle will be towed and auctioned. You get a tax deduction and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Again, to donate, please call 844-NASCAR-9. After more than 1 million hours of development, the truck of the future has arrived. The new Cascadia from Freightliner. Inspired by science, driven by passion, it's loaded with driver-focused improvements, such as noise abatement technologies for an even quieter ride, an innovative wraparound dashboard for improved comfort, and a reimagined driver's lounge that promotes productivity and relaxation. Experience the new Cascadia at your dealer or online at Freightliner.com. 2019 commemorates the 25th anniversary of the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. We've got a special podcast coming your way on MRN.com, and we've got a tease next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. MRN's Throwback Thursday, the greatest races in NASCAR history. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding. Pearson is still running. As they come to the stripe, the winner is car number 21. They spin. They go into the outside wall. Earnhardt hits the wall. Rudd hits the wall. And scooting through is Jeff Bodine. And he is going to win the Holly Farms 400 here this afternoon. Thursdays at 1 on MRN.com, on demand on iTunes and Google Play. Throwback Thursday on MRN.com. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting racingelectronics.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Coming up next month, MRN.com is going to have a new podcast commemorating the 25th anniversary of the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. We'll be telling stories from the early days of the series with some of the biggest names like Ron Hornaday Jr., Mike Skinner, Jack Sprague, and others. You'll hear Jack Sprague's first reaction to the truck series. I think I caught wind of, wind of it in 94. Isn't that what about it all started coming together with uh, all those guys on the West Coast? And uh, I thought, man, that's pretty kooky. I, don't even, I just thought it would be interesting. I had no desire. I had no interest. I, had, I never even thought I'd end up in that series. I thought it was going to be a flash in the pan and be over with. Well, when they when they announced it, and when Bill Jr. made the announcement, I just I kind of tilted my head to the side. I'm like, what did he just say? We're racing trucks? Yeah. What, what are we going to do here? And, and how are we going to make this happen? Because I think one of the big things was when you looked at the trucks, it's like, how is this going to work when you see him flying around Phoenix or whatever like that? It's just going to look weird. It's going to look weird, and how are they going to keep him on the ground? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um before, I mean, you started in 95 with Griffin Racing, and then you didn't get to Hendrick until 96. So you said that, you know, I mean, your, your reaction of the thing was like, well, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out. So what got you into that truck with Griffin back in 95? Well, I'd been in and out of the Bush Series at that time, the Xfinity Series now. but um, 
and doing the late model thing, my own late models, and, and drive, working for Robert Hamke building race cars. And actually, him and uh, Robert Hamke and Bruce Griffin were friends. And Gary Blue was, was tagged to drive that truck of, of Bruce Griffin's. And he got himself in some trouble. And we had one of his trucks up there, the Hamke's working on it. And uh, Bruce came to get it. And he says, You want to drive this thing? Sure. I mean, what else have I got to do? <laughs> pay, my, pay for my own racing in a late model or take a chance at this. So we worked on the truck and took it to Phoenix. And here we are 25 years later. That's three-time Truck Series champion Jack Sprague. You'll hear more from him and other notables from that series on our new podcast starting next month at MRN.com. During the NASCAR offseason, NASCAR Live is highlighting a pit crew member each week as we close in on the start of the 2019 season. The Whelan Trusted to Perform Pit Crew Member of the Week is Johnny Roberts. He's the rear tire changer for William Byron's number 24 Chevrolet over there at Hendrick Motorsports. MRN's Rocco Williams talked with him about his career and working with Chad Canals in the upcoming season. I'm from Titusville, Florida. Um, I had a cousin that was in the sport, um, and he kind of just linked me up and got connections through him and started taking some interest to it and uh, come up here and kind of winged it and made it work. You know, in preparation this offseason for the upcoming 2019 season, is there anything different that y'all are doing or any goals that you have for the 2019 season? Yes, sir. We have some you know, some big changes. Uh, we got one of the best, if not the best, crew chief um, in Chad the sport. Knaus. Yes, Chad Knaus Chad is Knaus. crew chief now. Um, he's going to be our crew chief. I'm really looking forward to working for him. Um, I think he's going to get the best Johnny Roberts <laughs> he can get out of me, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's ever going to take that lightly, and he's not going to let me slip up and not going to let me you know, fall down. Me and Chad's always been pretty cool since the first time I entered, entered the sport. I think um, he kind of took his arm around me at a young age and seen a lot of himself in me when I first started, uh, how serious I was about the sport and how serious I was about how I performed. Um, he kind of helped me through, you know, the bad times and the good times, and always when the good times are really good, mm-hmm. he always reminded me of, you know, there's going to be some low times, and you know, that's the biggest step in, in the sport is how you come out of those rough times mm-hmm. uh so yeah we had a little relationship before he was a crew chief now it's you know he's my boss and i've always wanted to work for him so i'm excited i'm, I'm really excited for what he's gonna bring to the team that's johnny roberts rear tire changer for william byron your Whelan trusted to perform pit crew member of the week brought to you by Whelan on the road in the air and around the world Whelan is trusted to be seen trusted to be heard trusted to perform Coming up next, Brett Moffat has a new home for the 2019 truck season. We'll hear from him, and we'll also take you back 40 years ago to the Daytona 500 that propelled the sport of NASCAR to a whole new level. Facebook and Twitter, MRN is there. Follow MRN on social media for all the latest happenings from the track and in NASCAR. Breaking news, video, photos, live races and shows, stats, opinion, and more. Follow along on MRN's Facebook and Twitter. MRN.com. Original online audio, video, and digital content. Need the latest information on each week's races? Check out the MRN.com race center. Need to find your local radio station for MRN original programs? And Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series races? Go to stations on MRN.com. All the latest NASCAR news and opinion pieces, race schedules, driver standings, and archives of MRN programs, MRN race broadcasts, and so much more. MRN.com. 
Need to find your local MRN radio station? Taking a trip and want to listen to NASCAR races? Go to MRN.com. Click on stations to find all MRN's local radio stations. Plan a trip and map out MRN stations along your route. MRN on your local stations. Tune in. The reigning Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion Brett Moffitt's got a new home in 2019. He joins us to talk about it next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the Federal Tax Management Helpline that has been set up for you, 800-242-1706. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. If you owe more than 10000 in taxes, call for free information and to see if you qualify. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706. That's 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue along on this week's NASCAR Live, and thank you for spending your time with us. It's been a few roller coaster months for 2018 Gander Outdoor Truck Series champion Brett Moffitt. MRN's Woody Kane had the opportunity to chat with Brett about landing a new ride and what he expects from the season with so many changes in place. Brett Moffitt, driver out of Grimes, Iowa, rolls down across the stripe. The sixth victory of the season, but more important than that, he is your 2018 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion, winning the Ford EcoBoost 200. So, Brett, this is uh, an 11th hour change for you. The season was fast approaching, and up until about a week, 10 days ago, you didn't really have a, a ride. How close were you to going to whatever your plan B was going to be? Uh, you know, it was, it was certainly close. We weren't really sure which direction things were going to go with, with GMS and everybody at, at that camp. You know, fortunately, we were able to work it out in kind of a last-minute situation. But, you know, if it was plan B, then we would have kept working on plan B and doing whatever we could to keep me in a race car throughout the year but you know fortunately this worked out and I honestly think it's going to be one of the best positions I've ever been in in my career not only for this year but hopefully for more years to come so we'll see and I'm just proud to work with everyone there and hopefully go get another championship. How strange or surreal does the whole silly season process seem to you now because you've been through this a few times you were at Michael Walter racing when that whole thing blew up you were at Red Horse there for a while and finally got into what appeared to be a good situation at Hattori, and then that turns out to be stressful, and you guys are looking for looking for finances, and you get to the end of the season, and even a championship is not necessarily good enough to keep you in your in your seat. How, how insane is this whole process now? It's crazy, honestly. You know, like you mentioned, I've been in this situation a few times, which is not a great thing, but I feel like with every time I've been in this situation, I've been able to learn and, and to grow from it. You know, ideally, I would not have to face a lot of these problems, but... I have faced them, and I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of people in my career that support me and that keep me guided in the right direction when these adverse conditions come up. It is, like you said, it's crazy out there right now. So I'm just super thankful that, you know, those stresses are gone for the off season and it's time to get to work and 
and prepare for the race season. Give us a little peek behind the scenes. Uh, you win the championship, and then somewhere along the way, you start talking to Maury Gallagher and the GMS folks, and now you're replacing a former champion. You're a champion yourself. How did this come together for you? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly last minute. Like I said, it was kind of in between the holidays there, between Christmas and New Year's, that that we started talking with them, and you know, they were they were making a change on their end, and. It just so happened that I seemed to be the right fit for them. And it's quite the honor to, to even get that appreciation from a, a team like GMS where they've been a staple in the truck series and in NASCAR for so long now. And they're fully invested in the sport. And, you know, as a driver, that's what you want is a team that's going to build behind you. And, and they've expressed that that's what they want to do. And, and moving forward, I think it's just going to be a great partnership between us. I saw you're going to be in the 24 Chevrolet rather than the 21. Uh, how did that number come about? Did you have a hand in picking that? And, and who is your crew chief going to be? Yeah, I'm going to have Jerry Baxter as my crew chief this year, which I'm really excited about. I've never got to work directly with him, but I've worked around him back in the Mike Waltrip days and a couple other places. So known him for a while and, and looking forward to actually working on a team with him. But as far as the number goes, that was, that was a GMS decision. It was based off a couple different things, but at the end of the day, the, the 24 was higher in owner points in case, you know, any early season rainouts happen in qualifying, it's worth at least extra starting spot so I don't really put too much weight into what the number is on the side of the truck as long as we're out there winning races and having fun doing it so I'm good with it yeah you can't see the door anyway while you're driving it right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> When, when we get ready to get rolling this year, there are going to be a lot of changes. You'll be in a brand-new Silverado. None of the championship four will be back at least in the in the same spot. There are a lot of other things to keep an eye on. What will you be watching for this season in terms of the changes we can expect in the what will now be the Gander Outdoor Truck Series? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of changes going on, and, and the immediate focus for me turned to, you know, getting to work with a new team and, and trying to be as fluid as possible when we do get to the racetrack, being new together. I'm going to a new manufacturer in, in Chevrolet, and I've never had the opportunity to work with those guys. So it's really just about getting ready for Daytona and, and getting working with everybody that will be involved in the race program this year, just so that once we do get to the racetrack, everything can kind of go seamlessly. You know, as far as changes in, in the driver lineups and teams, that's something that's kind of going to be a moving target at the first couple races. You know, you'll have to figure out who you're racing against and, and what trucks they're in and their driving styles and so on. So, you know, those are kind of the immediate focuses for us. But, you know, with the truck series schedule the way it is, we kind of fire off and then we have a couple weeks to actually kind of regroup and kind of set the baseline at and, and decide where we want to go from there as far as getting the performance of the race team better throughout the year. So kind of makes it good for us to have that little break early in the year and, and to get focused. As we mentioned earlier, you've, you've been in this silly season game for a while, changing different teams and having to adapt to new people, new, new equipment, new personnel. How do you approach a situation like that? Is it sort of like uh, the new kid at school, or is it more like everybody else who just changes a job, trying to get used to everything, or is there more to it than all that with a with a race team? You know, I think there's a little bit more to it. You know, obviously you need to get with your immediate group of guys. For me, that's getting with Jerry and all the guys that are going to be on the 24 crew uh, that I'm going to be working with majority of the time and think you know it's important to build those relationships as quickly as possible but then on the flip side of that being that I've worked in many different organizations and, and a lot of these people in the sport and in the garage trying to make their way around from race team to race team most of the time so 
even though it's my first time working with all these guys, they're people that I've seen around and have worked with in the past, and I think that just helps the bonding process get a little bit smoother and a little bit quicker. Well, I was looking back through some of your social media stuff, and when we talked at, at Homestead before the, the championship race, we were kidding around with you about the stash and whether it was going to stay or going to go, and I noticed at one point you said, well, you shaved it off and had a bad golf outing. Now I see it's back. What's going on with the stash, man? People want to know. <laughs> Stash is back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shaved it. I shaved it, and I lost my job and played really bad golf for about a week. So you know, I started bringing it back, and all of a sudden, great things started happening again. So I don't really have too much weight and in, in beliefs like that, but it's working. So I'll keep it rocking. Well, Brett, man, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on uh, on landing one of the best rides in the truck garage, and uh, look forward to catching up with you at Daytona, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate that. Ah, the stash is back, and hopefully that's a sign of many good things to come Brett's way. Thank you so much, Woody. We appreciate it. When we return on NASCAR Live, it's the 40th anniversary of one of the wildest Daytona 500s ever. We will relive that race in anticipation of this year's Daytona 500. That and more coming up here on NASCAR Live. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. For children with chronic medical conditions, Victory Junction means friends, fun, freedom. That's because we provide a medically safe environment where kids who live in a world of hospitals and doctor's visits can laugh, play, and discover all they can be, all at no cost to their families. Victory Junction inspires confidence, builds self-esteem, and changes the life of every camper who comes through our gates. Find out how you can change a child's life. Go to victoryjunction.org. Coming up next, we're taking you back into the MRN time machine. We're dropping back 40 years to a race that changed NASCAR's history. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5688. That's 1-800-829-5688. Again, 1-800-829-5688. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live as we count down to the start of another racing season. We're looking forward to this year's Daytona 500, while at the same time, we're looking forward to looking back at some of the most memorable 500s. This week, we go back 40 years to one of the most exciting races in NASCAR history and quite possibly the most significant. The year was 1979. 
Bill France Sr. had just inked a five-year deal with CBS to cover the Daytona 500 in its entirety live flag to flag. Luck would have it that weather would play a huge role in viewership for this historic race. The entire middle Atlantic seaboard from Maine on south is blanketed with the heaviest snowstorm in five years. New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington all have seen such as these. Throughout the metropolitan area, suburbs are buried under eight inches of snow. With snow covering over one-third of the United States, Bill France Sr. had a captive audience for this first live flag-to-flag -flag running of the Daytona 500. Unfortunately, the same weather system that snowed in the north caused rain to delay the start of the Great American Race. NASCAR Hall of Famer Darrell Walter remembers that race had to start at 12 local no matter what. And the only stipulation I remember, and it just shows how the power of the France family was, the race had to start at 12 o'clock. That was one of the things that was important to the network because they blocked off a certain amount of time and they had a, the race had to start. If it didn't start at 12 o'clock and it went into uh, later in the day for some reason, weather being the, the reason, uh, then the, the, the amount of money that they would pay uh, for the race decreased. And so uh, we got to the racetrack Sunday morning and uh, it's raining. And uh, you know, it's drizzly, rainy, wet, it had been raining all night. Uh, the track was wet, the infield was muddy, and uh, the place was a mess. And we all just sat there saying, well, we're not going to get this race off on time. Big opportunity here with the day, you know, with it being live on national TV. What are we going to do? Well, at about uh, 11.30, Big Bill came by and he said, load them up. We're going to go racing. We said, we can't go out there. It's raining. He said, we're going to start this race at 12 o'clock. So we started the race with the green and, uh, and the yellow flag out. After 15 laps of caution, the track was dry and the green flag was dropped for the Daytona 500. They are less than a quarter of a mile from the start finish line. Chip Warren gives them the indication to hold it down. Green flag, and the field goes to green of the Daytona 500 on the 16th lap. On lap 30, while battling for the lead, Donnie Allison, Bobby Allison, and Cale Yarborough crashed off turn two and onto the backstretch. Trouble with the leaders up in turn number two. Donnie Allison leading the race. Bobby Allison tried to tuck back up in the draft. The two cars appeared to touch. Bobby hung on, but Donnie's Hawaiian Tropic car got completely sideways down the racetrack. Bobby Allison, unable to avoid him, also started spinning. Cale Yarborough caught up in it, also spun his car. The three machines spun out of control into the infield grass, which is very soaking wet from the downpour late yesterday afternoon and last night. All three cars have now come to rest on the backstretch and got stuck in the mud trying to get back on the racetrack. Donnie Allison was the leader when the incident occurred. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know who was second and who was third. Uh, I knew I was leading, and we were in turn one and two, and uh, the next thing you know, we were spinning down the back straightaway, all three of us, uh, Bobby, Kale, and myself. And um, as would have it, uh, it bent my suspension up a little bit and bit Kale's up, and it, it made Bobby's car virtually where it wasn't competitive anymore that day. We got mine straightened out, and Kale and, and Junior got theirs straightened out, and uh, uh, that enables going and, and race. Bobby Allison's account of the crash. Then Donnie and Kale and I tangled up early in the race in a wet spot on the track. They all blame me. They both blame me, and I, I of course, I blame somebody else. So uh, we all spun and went down in the in the infield grass on the back straightaway off of turn two. Kale Yarborough on the crash. Felt like we had a shot to win the race, and of course, early in the race, we got into trouble. Uh, 
and spun and uh, trying to trying to miss a wreck with uh, Donnie and Bobby, I think, went it and uh, and I got bogged down in the infield from all the rain, with lost three laps, but. Uh, here again, we never gave up. Kale Yarborough would spend the remainder of the race fighting to get back on the lead lap to set up one of the most exciting finishes in NASCAR history. We'll cover that next with our AutoZone commercial free zone. Does your check engine light have you stressing? The free AutoZone Fix Finder service will help you find the likely issue, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone. AutoZone. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. And right now, get a great deal on lighting so you can see everything and be prepared for anything when you are on the road. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See terms at AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Today, we're looking back 40 years ago to the race that changed the course of NASCAR's popularity, the 1979 Daytona 500. It was truly the perfect storm as most Americans were snowed in and were watching the first televised flag-to-flag Daytona 500 on CBS. The race started under caution as NASCAR dried Daytona International Speedway. When the race began, it was clear that Donnie Allison and Cale Yarborough were going to be the class of the field, but after crashing on lap 30, both had their work cut out for them. Donnie Allison was the first to get back up front. I had lost two laps, and um, uh, Benny Parsons was leading in the 72, which was a, a pretty strong race car at the time. Uh, Wada Wilson was the engine builder with L.G. DeWitt's car. And when the race restarted, I, I went ahead and passed him not, not too long after the restart, and I told Austin, I, I said, well, I can outrun anybody out here. And uh, we got caution, and it wasn't too long when I got my second lap back. Well, here I'm, I'm leading the race. And at that time, you know, they told me that Kale was, you know, at least five laps down, so don't worry about Kale. And, uh, uh, of course, I didn't really uh, take that to heart. I, I never liked to let anybody have a lap back. But in the last lap that he got back, he was going to wreck me if he didn't get it back. And right then, I knew things was, were coming on. On the seventh caution of the race, Cale Yarborough finally got back on the lead lap. No trouble right here at the trial. One car, Paul Fess loses an engine. Fire comes out from under the car for a moment as Fess takes it down on the apron of the track. A big plume of blue smoke out of the Paul Fess car. We are looking to see if they're going to put the caution flag out. We didn't see any oil on the track, but here comes the caution. Caution is on the speedway for the seventh time. And here this goes afternoon. Kale Yarbrough in the back stretch. He'll try to get back that last lap. Kale side by side with Donnie. Kale goes by Donnie in turn number three. The yellow light is on. They'll be racing to the yellow flag. Kale glued down low. Then he floats up high. Now Dale Earnhardt tries to take a position back on Richard Petty. Out of turn number four. It's still Kale Yarbrough with the advantage over Donnie Allison as Kale tries to reassume 
back on the same lap. Donnie Allison dominated the final 60 laps as Yarborough worked his way through the field. Yarborough must have the strongest car on the racetrack right now. Foyt had held him off for 10 laps. When Yarborough would go high, Foyt would be there. Same thing, bottom of the racetrack. But Yarborough is now second, breathing down the back bumper of Bobby Allison's Thunderbird. We had five laps to go in the race, and I told Haas on the radio, I said, Haas, don't talk to me. I said, uh, I know where I'm at. I know what's going on. Uh, don't say anything on the radio. Uh, I know what lap it is. I, I, I'm in control of what's going on. And so I'm thinking the white flag lap paid $2,500 to lead the white flag lap. And me knowing Kale like I knew him at the time, he was going to get that $2,500. I mean, that's what he was there for. Money was, was the main thing. Not the winning of the race, the money is what the main thing was. But I, I knew he couldn't beat me. I knew he couldn't lead. And uh, so we got to the white flag. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, I knew something was going to happen probably before we got back to the start-finish line. But never in my life did I believe it was going to start off turn two. Kale makes the move. He's down very close to the grass. Donnie tries to shut him off. Kale's in the grass. Kale loses it. He tries to pull it back. Donnie side by side. They make contact. Both head toward the wall. They hit the wall. And turn number three will have a new leader. Once Kale and Donnie were out of the race, the lead went to the king, Richard Petty. Here comes Richard Petty. He leads Darrell Walter by five car lengths. Five more lengths back to A.J. Foyt. Race traffic. Walter closes, but Petty is up there. Caution is on the racetrack and it will be a battle back to the start finish line here they come to the stripe richard petty's stp oldsmobile waltrip dives to the inside petty almost put him off in the grass and richard petty will win the daytona 500 the petty crew jumping up and down on pit road congratulating each other me and uh, daryl waltrip and uh, aj Ford was racing for third place i mean we had a heck of a race for third and everybody was watching the, the first two then the first two crashes and we don't really know it until we get down to the end of the back stretch and see them sitting on the infield and uh, I happen to be able to be in front at that time. There wasn't enough time for anybody to draft back by you after that. With Richard Petty on the way to victory lane, the action continued between Cale Yarborough, Donnie Allison, and Bobby Allison in turn three. Cale and Donnie both out of the cars. Bobby Allison has brought his car down there. A furious discussion taking place just down below the banks of turn number three. And now it appears we may have a fist fight. We see drivers and helmets, safety officials trying to jump in there and separate them as tempers have really flared after this amazing incident on the final lap coming into turn number three. They come they battle on the ground at this time, and we can't see as others come running in to surround and try to separate those drivers. Well, we we got around there, and we both ended up pretty close together in the infield. The car did, and we got out, and we had a few unpleasant things to say to one another. And, uh, you know, uh, really and truthfully, uh, it didn't last very long. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, and at that particular time, I was maybe mad, but I was more hurt. Then I was mad. Here's, here's the third time I should have won a Daytona 500, and uh, I'm ending up, you know, three-quarters of a mile away, crashed. And uh, uh, I, I just, I was devastated at that. I mean, I, I could have actually sat down in the infield and cried at that time. As childish as that may sound, but, I mean, this is the biggest race ever, and I'm sitting there crashed again. And the race went ahead, and I'm finished, and... And, you know, Bobby pulls up, and he, he was on the apron, and, and he asked me, was I all right? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, you want to ride back to the garage area? I said, no, I'm going to stay here to, with the car. Well, all this time, Cale's walking over to Bobby's car, 
and uh, he gets to Bobby's car, and Bobby's all still hooked up radios and everything, winning that and everything all hooked up. And he walks up to the door, and he said, it's all your fault, you SOB. You've been blocking all day. Well, he hit Bobby. Bobby's in his car, and he hit Bobby with his helmet. <clears throat> and so I run over there and grabbed Kale by the arm, and I said, if you want to fight, I'm the guy you should be fighting with. And I spun him around. Well, I still don't know how Bobby got out of that car that fast. But he came out of there, and nobody didn't have to tell me what was going to happen. I was raised with Bobby. I saw that look before. I knew what was going on. And then things went from bad to worse. Uh, you know, uh, Kale was hitting Bobby with his helmet, and I have a picture of me with my helmet drawn back, and, you know, I said, I have a helmet I can fight with if you want to fight with a helmet. But Bobby had things pretty well under control at that time. Donnie's brother, Bobby Allison. Kale started yelling that the wreck was my fault. And like I say, have said many times, I, I question his ancestry. But I had no idea he was talking about the first wreck. I'm looking at the second wreck. And I sure didn't have anything to do with the second wreck. But then he lunged at me and hit me in the face with his helmet. And it cut my nose and my lip. And a little blood dripped down in my lap, and I said to myself, I have to get out of the car and handle this right now or run from him the rest of my life. So I got out of the car. Donnie says really quick. Then Kale went to beating on my fist with his nose. And like I've said many times, that's my story, and I'm still sticking to it. Kale Yarborough. Well, uh, you know, I finally, my car, uh, I finally got out of my car and was uh, standing down in the infield, and uh, Bobby drove up and stopped instead of Donnie. Uh, of course, Donnie was spun out down, down there too, but Don, uh, uh, Bobby came up before Donnie, Donnie got out. And, uh, and that's when it all started. He didn't have any business there whatsoever. So uh, uh, it had made me mad enough to fight. And that's what I did, I fought. In the end, CBS reached 12 million viewers in NASCAR's first televised race. And NASCAR set a new level of popularity as ticket sales skyrocketed at the tracks that follow. This has been the AutoZone Commercial Free Zone. Does your check engine light have you stressing? A free AutoZone Fix Finder service will help you find the likely issue, saving you time and money. See store for restrictions and details. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Folks, that's gonna do it for this week's NASCAR Live. We thank Brett Moffitt for joining us. Also, Jack Sprague, Christopher Bell, and Johnny Roberts. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. 
From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.